Hello, awesome people. Welcome to Embrace the Pivot. I'm Dr. C. Robinson, your host for the show. Join me as we discover what pivoting actually means and how you can embrace your pivot during life's transition. Happy Super Bowl week, everyone. Who's excited? Do you have all your food and drinks ready for Sunday's game? I was actually involved in the 2014 New York, New Jersey Super Bowl, and it was hands down top 10 best life experiences. If you have ever been able to attend a Super Bowl, you know what I'm talking about. The energy is electrifying, and there's just no other event in the country or the world quite like the Super Bowl. If you haven't been to a Super Bowl and you do like sports, you do like football, I highly recommend that at some point in your life, try and make it. I know sometimes getting the tickets are tough and they call it sometimes the corporate bowl, but it is 100% worth it. I bring that up because today's guest, TJ Ward, who's an NFL player that was drafted in the second round of the NFL draft to the Cleveland Browns and later signed with the Denver Broncos to help them win Super Bowl 50 is with me. I'm excited for you to hear his story. He learned early on how he could capitalize off of his brand, off of his likeness of being a professional athlete he understood how he could set himself up now and plan for retirement. And I know it's crazy because professional athletes retire so young, but the ones that understand that early on are the ones that truly set themselves up for success. And TJ did just that. He has a apparel collection coming out. He has a foundation. He has the whole Ward brand that embodies who he is as an athlete, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a community leader, and a faith and family man. I'm just really excited for you to hear his story and how he has pivoted throughout his career. Additionally, I have two special guests with me helping me with the interview my awesome interns, Sam and Steph. Everyone, please welcome TJ. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. You were the second round draft in 2010 to the Cleveland Browns. Then for Super Bowl 50, you helped the Broncos win that iconic Super Bowl. What were those two moments like for you? One, when you got drafted, and then two, when you made it to Super Bowl 50 and one. Uh, the draft first was a dream come true. Um, n- growing up, you know, was a dream always to play in the NFL, not knowing that, you know, I one day get drafted as high as I did, um, second round, which is an absolute blessing, but the ultimate dream is to go first round. But, um, the day I remember, like it was yesterday, I was here at home with my family and, um, actually that year of the draft, the NFL had started with, um, uh, um, celebrity, not celebrity, but past player introductions. So, you know, past players from those great teams will come up and uh, introduce the next draft pick. 
So I got the I got the pleasure of having Jim Brown call my name on draft day. Wow. So obviously the greatest Brown to ever play, but you know, probably one probably the top two greatest players to ever play football. And that was just such an honor. Um it was amazing. And to go to Cleveland, such a great, you know, organization with such history, you know, it was definitely a blessing and an honor. And then to flip it to win the Super Bowl in Denver, um, it's crazy because Denver and Cleveland have like a little relationship in the playoffs, right? With the the drive with uh, John Elway and the fumble with Curtis Curtis Binder, Cleveland had right before they were playing, uh, right before they were going in the end zone. Those were two AFC Championship games, you know, Cleveland Browns and Denver Broncos. So coincidentally, I ended up signing with Denver, and uh, the first year we were, you know, really pegged to win the Super Bowl, and we came in kind of with a big head, off big big head, I feel, and. Um, we lost in the first round of the playoffs, but that next year it was a whole nother feeling. It was a whole nother vibe. It's a whole nother energy. It was it was kind of like everyone had took us off off their radar to win the Super Bowl, but you know we still knew that we were a better team than we were last year, mm-hmm. and we ended up winning it that year. Every game was down to the wire. I mean, literally every game we won with a last second touchdown or turnover, some type of miraculous play. And it was just an amazing season leading all the way up into the Super Bowl where I actually got to play in my hometown, San Francisco, getting to play in the, the biggest game of my career at home. is another <laughs> something, you know, <laughs> kind of just crazy that that happened that way. And, um, you know, we played a great game and won the game. Um, confetti fell. And it was it's, – it's really indescribable the feeling I felt like right after, but it was just pure joy. Wanted to share the moment with somebody, my family, my teammates, and just bask in the moment. So I know that as an athlete, you work so hard to get to where you are today. So what was that inner dialogue like for you in high school, in college, that made you pers- you know, keep going, persevere? So then when you are at Super Bowl 50, the confetti's falling, what's going through your mind? Uh, It's a long road. (laughs) It was definitely a long road uh, to that point. You know, I've had, I got hurt in college or I got hurt in high school first, actually my senior year. So I didn't get a scholarship coming out of high school. I walked on at Oregon. Then early in my career, I I hurt my knee again, the same knee that I hurt in high school. So, you know, it was looking rough. It was for a time in college. I I didn't think even if I got to the league, I wouldn't play long, you know, Cause I knew I had the talent and the ability to get there, but I just didn't know how healthy I could stay. And, you know, that's what the trainers were telling me too. And even when I go back to college, they look at me like, man, it's amazing. You played that long and had the career you had because, you know, we didn't think you were going to even last a year or two, let alone, you know, eight. So it's definitely a blessing to, uh, to make it and do the things that I've did in the league. And I look back and you, know, you kind of forget, you know, as time passes what you've done to get where you are, but, it's good to look back and, and, you know, pat yourself on the back a little bit. So after winning Super Bowl 50, five years later, do you want to win another championship or are you satisfied with winning that one? No, nah, definitely not satisfied. The goal was to win another one. Um, it didn't work out that way. Some guys left in free agency, like, you know, usually happens with teams after they win a the Super Bowl. <laughs> Teams want the players you had to win that Super Bowl, so they're coming to get some of those free agents and things like that. But um, 
coach Kube had got sick. So, you know, our, our, our general wasn't with us. So it's just a lot of things that just didn't, you know, come into play. And once you leave that, leave that team and I went to Tampa, which didn't work out either, <laughs> but you know, it, it's hard to win another one, man. And you hear that from ex Super Bowl or past Super Bowl champions, not ex, because they're always Super Bowl champions, but, and you're like, okay, yeah, it was hard for you guys, but we can do it. And, you know, you really feel that way, but, you know, it, it, it's hard. They say that for a reason. It, it hasn't been a back-to-back champion since, I think, 93, 94, Dallas Cowboys, something like that. So it's very hard to repeat. And I saw that you took two years off. How was that transition like from uh, you were playing and then took two years off and then you came back? Yeah, it was uh, – well, I didn't take two years off by choice. Uh, when I left Tampa – I just, I don't know what happened. I didn't get any phone calls. I couldn't get a workout. I couldn't get a tryout. And I couldn't even get a visit to any team. It was weird for two years. And then the second year I, um, the second year I got a workout with Jacksonville, it didn't work out. It just seemed like it was a weird. It felt like I was in a twilight zone because I was just coming off of Pro Bowl the, the year before Tampa. And I had a decent year in Tampa. The coaching staff there was terrible. I mean, that's why they got rid of me. And I just, nobody called me. It was so weird. I felt like I was blackballed, honestly. But so, all right. Now I know. have to ask the follow-up question. How did you deal with that? Because coming off of the pro ball, that had to yeah, be rough. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. I was sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad to say the least, man. I was, I just couldn't figure it out. My agent couldn't figure it out. I just was like, what is going on? Yeah, so I really I haven't played a game since I was in Arizona for a month this season. They had called me and it was kind of like, even though I had been working to get a call and working for the last two years, even when they called me, I was like, this has got to be a joke. <laughs> I ain't played in two years, you know, but I was ready. So I was ready and I went there and I, I was there for a month. Some guys got hurt. We had they had to do some roster adjustments, but it was cool. Yeah, so this might go off of what you just talked about, but so you're a professional athlete and you're in the public eye. What do you think was the hardest part of your entire career so far? The hardest part of my career, I'd say losing in Cleveland and probably staying out of parties. <laughs> like early in my career, like staying out of the scene. Um it's pretty hard. Like, I don't know, you're young, coming to a lot of money in your mouth, eating, drinking, going to clubs and doing all that stuff. It wasn't like too hard where I, obviously I could stay focused and have a good career and still, you know, train and do all the things I needed to do. But, you know, that was a hard, that was hard. I, I mean, I came up from a, a family who entertains, you know, we had people at our house all the time and had a lot of family gatherings. So that's what I like to do. I like to get around people and have fun. And it was hard to stay out of that light. And what was your first big purchase? My first big purchase was, well, my parents, I didn't buy them a house. They already had one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to do that. Uh, I think I got my mom a car. I think I got her um, a Jaguar. She always wanted this particular jaguar so i bought that for her. Oh, very nice <laughs> yeah this well, was actually i take that back my first big purchase was a insurance policy oh. <laughs> that was my first big purchase <laughs> that was my exact first one honestly 
I feel like you're ahead of everybody else, right? <laughs> all the other athletes. <laughs> but I didn't even realize that. I'm like, yo, that's wait. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I got the Chiefs. I all got right. the Chiefs winning. I got the Chiefs winning by at least – I got to win by 10 points. I'm rooting for Brady. I just think it's amazing how he can transfer to a team in his first season, bring them to the Super Bowl. So yeah. love him or hate him. He's a good athlete. Uh, all right. I've worked with professional athletes in the past, and so many of them did not understand that they were a brand. At what point in your career did you realize that you are a brand and that you have to set yourself up for success, which means creating a foundation, a company, et cetera? So at what point did you know that you were a brand? I think I had like two different kind of realizations. Like i I realized once I got to the NFL, like my name and, you know, what I do as an entity on the field, you know, is going to make me or break me, you know, it's going to make me successful or not. And then your image off the field, how you carry yourself, what you do in the community is like a whole nother brand. But I didn't fully understand it, honestly, to probably two years ago, like your name and your likeness is a complete company. And I think the league is, or I guess the the business side of football right now, especially with social media and everything, is helping with that process and with players a lot faster. Mm-hmm. I think when I came along in the league, Instagram was first because, like, I think it was the first year, literally, of Instagram, yep. <laughs> my rookie year. <laughs> so all that self promotion type thing and being able to really brand yourself um, individually wasn't there. You know, that that kind of market wasn't there, but now it is and it's becoming even stronger and you're able to promote yourself and everything you're doing, you know, faster and a lot, you know, a lot better. Now, take me through um, why you set up your foundation and what the significance of that foundation is. Yeah, I started my foundation uh, my fourth year in the league, my last year in Cleveland, And um, I got to a point in my career where, you know, I was, you know, becoming comfortable with being an NFL player with the routine and learning, you know, more about things off the field. And I've always wanted to, you know, help my community because, you know, I grew up going to the Boys and Girls Club. I grew up, you know, going to public parks, going to public after school programs. And um, I only actually met one NFL player as a kid. So, me being an NFL player, I wanted to come back to my home area and give kids those that opportunity, you know, let them know that, you know, I came right here from right here where we are, you know, where you're from. And it's absolutely possible. So I come back home and do my camps, even in Denver, like I had my golf tournament. And it's all about youth, you know, providing for the youth, providing opportunities, pathways and knowledge for them. So what type of programs do you host for the youth? Uh, in Denver, I had a writing program and I teamed up with uh, ESPN, me, and we had a, uh, not a broadcast, but just a, a writer's program where we had some Denver Broncos come and kids that were interested about 10, got the opportunity to interview Bronco players and wow. write a little article on them. Wow. So that was cool. I have my camps um, here in the Bay Area and in Denver, free camps for the kids. My golf tournament in Denver that I was hosting, um, it's been on delay, of course, because what we're doing now but uh what we're going through but that as well bowling event out here in the bay area um i had a tour 
of DC with a group of kids last year. So, you know, I try to mix things up, you Mm -hmm. know, try to get, get different groups involved and, um, in the communities that I'm a part of and, and, and that, you know, I'm in. With the writing program, did the kids' articles, were they published on ESPN? No, they weren't. Oh, published. okay. I mean, that would have been cool, though. Yeah. That would have been super cool. They were, <laughs> that would have been next time. We should look next, at the Yeah, for the future. Done, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. You really seem to have a handle on your brand, who you are and how you want to be represented in the community. So initially your foundation was called TJW and now it's called the Ward Boys. What was the rebranding process for that? Uh, I had actually just wanted to involve my family more. My brother, he was in the league at the time as well. Um, I just wanted to make it not so much individually recognized, just more of the whole family and the name. So yeah. that's why we changed it. Yeah. And now with your capsule collection through Ward, it's Ward Corp, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the idea behind that? Well, the Ward Corp is a brand that I started and we're doing an initial job right now. So these first hats and hoodies, and I have some gift bags going out to some, uh, influential figures that um, is going to all the proceeds to that are going to the war boy project. But this is just the first drop, but later on it will be an entire war brand. Um, All my releases will be under the war brand. So being an athlete, you have a, you have to have a certain mentality. Now, as you're gearing up for retirement in the future, how is your mentality shifting to say, okay, what I've known for my entire career is football. And now I'm going to be quote unquote in the corporate world. How are you able to shift that mindset? I think I just, I don't, I think it's just a shift of tasks. It's not really a shift of mindset. My mindset is my mindset is going to continue like the same um, way I approach football and approach school and everything else is the same way I'm going to approach business. You know, the same tenacity, the same focus, drive, commitment, you know, all those things. So it's really not a shift. It's just a change of responsibilities. I love that. You are the first athlete to say that they nor you know, they normally talk about their mindset, but when you look at it that way, yeah, it's just a different task at hand. You're a new father, correct? With a five month old. How, how's that compared to playing football? (laughs) (laughs) That is (laughs) That's a different mindset. You know, that is a complete <laughs> different mindset. Um, it, I've learned a lot of patience, but it really doesn't take much because, you know, I love them so much. It really doesn't take me. It, it doesn't take a lot of work. You know, um, you just have to adjust to some things like crying. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, man, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It, it has changed me for the better. How has being an athlete set you up for being CEO of your brand? I think just through all my athletics and, you know, and everything in life period, I've been a leader and I try to lead by example and, you know, try to be that, you know, the person that's not scared to take that first step or, you know, bring guys together. If I don't know everything, you know, be okay with not knowing everything. And whether it's in the locker room or in the meeting room, you know, I feel I'm going to have those same characteristics what made me a good player is going to make me a good businessman. 
How has your leadership style evolved over the years? I think early I was more having to be like that leader, everybody knowing I'm the leader, like I just kind of mentioned, not sitting back, taking in every, you know, everyone else's opinion and making it work that way. I think early on, my definition of a leader was kind of first and final <laughs> on the word, first and final word, I'd say. But um, just through time, you just learn how to sit back. You don't have to leave for the front all the time. All right. Your tagline is from the field to the front office. How does that embody all of the pillars of your brand? Um, whew, that's a good question. Just <laughs> my persona uh, on the field, how I carry myself off the field and just transitioning that to the business side, you know, being a, a honest person, a true person, a trustworthy person, people, a person people can rely on. Um, someone that you know is going to get the job done at the end of the day. And that's what I brought to football. That's what I brought to athletics. You know, you can count on me. You can rely on me. TJ's going to be there. TJ has your back. And when it, when all said and done and the job needs to get done, TJ's going to get it done. So same way. What advice do you have for athletes who are just being drafted and how to help them stay grounded and make them understand that they are a brand and they need to set something up now for retirement? I just say, um, like you said, it's a lot of white noise out there. There's a lot of people that are going to come from left and right. And they, they're going to hear this, hear this thousands of times, but it's absolutely true. Um, just focus on your brand on the field first. And when you handle that on the field, then everything else, you know, will come in place and then you can work on that. But I say first and foremost, ball. <laughs> you got a ball <laughs> on the field. You have to. Yeah. And then you can work on everything. But off the field, I say find something you're interested in, regardless of what it is, if you think it's popular or not, because there's going to be a bunch of people that are just as interested in you, uh, interested in it as you are. So I build something off of that, whether it's a brand or selling something or whatever it is. Is there anything else you would like to touch on? No, I just want to say thank you for the interview. And yeah. um, if you're in the Atlanta area, I have a juice bar in McDonough, Georgia. It's called Juicy, J-U-I-C-C-E-E. -E. Um, stop by. We're planning, to, hoping, to, hoping to open another one soon here in Denver. And um, yeah, warcorp.com. You can follow me at, at bosswar43 on Instagram and Twitter. And real quick with your juice bar, when did you open that up? I opened that two years ago now. Okay. So it's been open for two years and the pandemic kind of hit us. So we've, we closed our doors for a little bit and we're planning to reopen in March. All right. And what was that moment like for you when you built, you know, you opened up the store and this was yours, this was your creation. What was that moment like? It felt great. You know, it was, a, it felt great to accomplish something uh, well, in the on my first time on the business side, like a, a actually brick and mortar structure, um, it, it felt good. It felt good. Now I just want to build on that and get a bunch more so I can run around like Jamba Juice or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but much healthier. We're all natural, organic, fresh press, no sugars added. So awesome. Next time yeah. in Atlanta, I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> Okay, yeah. please do. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having yeah. me. 
Thank you for joining me on this episode of Embrace the Pivot. I really appreciate you listening in. Last week, I know I mentioned I was going to do a solo interview this week, but I had the opportunity to interview TJ and I didn't want to let that pass by. I will be back next week with another individual from the ad space who works with sports athletes and sports brands and franchises. I promise the solo episode is coming, but I have these opportunities to interview these awesome individuals. So I want to be able to share their stories with you so you can learn and thrive and successfully pivot in your career. Again, thank you for tuning in and I will be back next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. You can follow me, Dr. C, on Instagram at Embrace the Pivot. I hope all of you embrace your pivot.